Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard, your virtual university. Thank you for joining us on your favorite leadership and personal development show. This is the platform where your personal value is enriched on a weekly basis. It's also the place to go for useful nuggets of business, career, finance, talent, leadership, development and education in interesting times like the times in which we find ourselves tonight. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind courtesy of a strong team of leading brands in Ghana committed to the development of our human capital. A big thank you to MTN, MTN Pulse, Just B, UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, Digibank, Let's Go, the Enterprise Group, Enterprise Your Advantage, and Axis Pension Trust your reliable partner in pensions. A special thank you to our print media partner, The Graphic Business. Thank you for joining us on Joy FM, and tonight we trust that it will be a very enriching experience for you. We are streaming live on your virtual university Facebook page, and that's the page where you can activate your wow moment tonight. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm doing this with the support of the Virtual Academic Board comprising Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, David, Amos, Jojo, and Emmanuel, of course. Miles Hagan, our UMB resident rep on the show tonight. Special dedication to Joy 99.7 FM at 25. Last Friday was special for all of us here at your superstation as we remembered the first broadcast 25 years ago. To God be the glory and a big congratulations to Chrissy Chum and all who have stood by this economic general through the years. We salute you, sir. And later in the show, I will tell you how I ended up on radio here at Joy FM, the role of Israel Laie, former President Kufuor Keti himself, the Joy Sports team, my son Jojo, Albert Kofiousu, and then Kofi Ansan. Yes, all of them contributed directly or indirectly, and I'll be telling you how it happened and how we ended up here on your superstation. A shout-out to my brother Sam Okran. You celebrated your 50th birthday last Wednesday. I love you, bro. And... All we could do for your birthday, you power that you like, you like life like that. All we could do was a family prayer in masks. Charlie, Corona power, eh? May the Lord forgive Corona. Hmm. But the goodness of the Lord is absolutely undeniable, and we can say yes that God is good. So for weeks now, we've been celebrating our digital convocation with the finest of our springboard classics, and we have had Archbishop Palmer Buckle, Azuma Nelson, Sharon Lechter, and of course, We've been having our wow moments and playing back our predictions about the new world economy along the line. If you missed any of these, you can find them on the Springboard Zone podcast. And the Apple users can find it on the podcast app on your phone. Just search for the Springboard Zone. Android users can go to the Google podcast app and do the same. Today, we'll continue with our digital convocation with a presentation and interaction with the speaker who was slated to speak at the CEO's Forum on Entrepreneurship, Technology and Innovation. Constance Swanika is in the house and will be on very shortly. And as always, join the fun on Springboard, your virtual university Facebook page. All right, so let's roll now. And let me remind you to download the MTN Pulse app, the UMB Speed app, and the Enterprise Advantage app. These are the apps that we, we recommend for every Springboard alumnus. All right. Let me share a COVID-19 awareness tip from MTN Ghana. And when I finish, I'll tell you about today's wow moment. So limit cash transactions and use Momo. That's the recommendation from MTN because 
just touching crash alone can also be a possible point of infection. So limit as much as possible, limit cash transactions and use MTN Momo to make your payments. So for weeks now, we've been having wow moments courtesy of MTN in our MTN Pulse moments. And we had last week the Enterprise Advantage moment where our listeners won prizes from the Enterprise Group. This month, there will be five wow moments one on each Sunday, and each of them is powered by one of our sponsors just to put a smile on our listeners' faces in a time like this. So if you are ready tonight, we are doubling the sticks from last week in the UMB speed-up moment. Miles will be telling us shortly what to expect, but two winners who call in and answer questions will each win 500 Ghana CDs each and a bonus of an inspirational audio message. This is radio at its very best, learning, inspiration, fun, and rewards. Now, to win those 500 Ghana CDs, is somebody saying, Charlie, that will be very, very welcome in my pocket or in my wallet. Well, to win, you just must do a simple thing. Answer three questions correctly based on what Constance will say tonight. Charlie Constance, you are very powerful. I'm telling you. <laughs> Answer three questions correctly based on what Constance will say tonight. And you get to get 500 Ghana CDs in your wallet. Just take your notebook and a pen and download the UMB Speed app. And then get ready. Before 8 o'clock today, you could have 500 Ghana CDs in your wallet. All right. So there are several reasons why we love Constance Swanika here at Springboard. Here's is an amazing story of courage in the pursuit of your dream and daring to be different right from your childhood. It's a consolation that hitting maths is not the end of the world. And yes, very importantly, it's a reminder that no profession is a no-go area for any gender. Once your heart is somewhere, you can do it from flying a plane to digging graves. Tonight, Con Constance shares a story of her life as a gift with us. And we highlight three areas, entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. We also find out about a scholarship opportunity at the ultra-modern DTI. Constance, good to see you and welcome to Springboard. Thank you, Albert. It's probably your third or fourth time here, but it's so, so good to have you again. I so, Comfort and I celebrate you for your contribution. And today we'll, try, we'll be trying to unpack your story and, and let the world know why here at Springboard, everything Ghanaian that is beautiful is a source of great joy for us. But we've been exploring, preparing for the future this year. That's been our theme for the year. And somebody, somebody called and said that theme was prophetic because when we chose that theme, we didn't think this year would be so severely disrupted. And now everyone, everyone must prepare for the future, if I may add, future post-COVID. Um, do, do you agree with the notion that the future would require a different kind of preparation? Um, absolutely. Um, I think the thing about um, vision, that sometimes you get a glimpse of what is to come, um, but you almost don't think what you imagined happens at the time it does. Um, you know, so when we predict what the future will look like, um, you find that technology and everything around us is almost geared towards what is to come. But, you know, did we think it would happen in a form that we never imagined. I never in my wildest dream thought that in my lifetime 
something so invisible would disrupt what we had been planning for. So I think that's the marvel of, you know, the world, I guess. So it would almost seem like everyone agreed that technology will take over, technology will be the centerpiece of world development, but no one imagined that the catalyst for that technology will be a virus. Exactly. And suddenly we are having to contend with an invisible catalyst exactly. that is accelerating things at a pace that we, we never imagined. So what we're going to do today with your story is so compelling that I, I don't think it would be fair to interrupt you for at least the first few moments as you share, because I would like us to... I've been watching it on YouTube and I, I, I've just felt, listen, in your own way, give us, give us that, that round story again. And then let's begin to pick out the lessons from it and then see how we can help our listeners to say, listen, if Constance has been able to do it, we can do it and do it even bigger, better and greater. So mm-hmm. for the next uh, moment, few moments, just give us a wrap-up of story of your life and your business. And then when I come back, I'll be asking you questions that seek to distill some of the critical lessons about entrepreneurship, innovation and technology. So take it away, Constance. Okay. Um... Well, I guess for me, um, growing up, when you get to a certain age and you start discovering yourself, that's when you begin to chart your own path. Um, So my journey began when I think I was about 13 or 14 um, and see myself struggle in school, especially with the sciences and the um, with math, um, but I loved reading subjects, and I think my favorite subject was geography because we had to draw a lot. So you're drawing um, volcanoes, and you're drawing all sort of things which should give you marks. And I like biology as well because I understood it in a v- visual manner. Um, but I think the most important aspect of my growing up was having a mother who was an educator, and so she very early onwards realized I was very different from my three other siblings. Um, but education has always been a struggle for me because I found school very rigid. And I think that's the problem about education, that education doesn't, doesn't have space for young people, talent, you know, talent discovery. Um, and so you find that young people who are different struggle through the normal school system. And throughout my education, I realized very early on that um, my destiny all depended on how I chose to look at it. Um, And so right up to university, just sailing through the motion, um, I think that's when it dawned on me that, well, after university, life really begins. So what happens after that was really taking the bull by the horn. Um, And so I went into a path that 20 years ago, a lot of people didn't understand what I was doing. Um, I graduated from the College of Art and I started my business right after school. But I was fortunate to have worked in a carpentry workshop while I was in school. So I picked up a lot of skills working with artisans in the workshop. But then what happened after I started my business? Um, It was called Art Deco. Um, back in the day. So the journey really began 20 years ago, setting up a business with no work experience and no business acumen, just jumping into the deep end. 
But I think that's the thing about entrepreneurs. You know, when you believe strongly about something, you just you just start and you just hope that the steps would take you to your destination. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and 20 years on, I look back and do I have any regrets? No. You know, um, so maybe as we begin to, to speak and you begin to ask me questions, um, then I'll tell you a bit more about the story and how we evolved. 18 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. This is Constance Swanika, my guest for tonight, helping us to break down the subjects of entrepreneurship, innovation, and technology. So far, she's been showing us the subjects that were not, did not go well for her, the subjects that went well for her, and then the fact that she started learning her craft in a carpentry shop. It's the most unlikely of places, Constance, for a lady at the time, especially, to to venture and, and start your career? Were there any challenges in that regard? Um, if you ask me challenge, I mean, the, the word challenge for me doesn't exist in my vocab. Um, when you're faced with challenges, you ask yourself, what are the lessons to be learned? And, you know, so for me, it was, I found myself in um, in a space that was almost always by, by default because, um, I was looking for a holiday job, and the only job available at that time was working in a carpentry workshop. So I took I took up the challenge. Um, it was an amazing experience. Everything that I needed to know, everything that was a springboard of my career, started in that workshop. Um, and so, would I do it again, over and over again? Yes, if I had the opportunity to. Yes. Right. For the benefit of our listeners, let's go into what exactly was the first product area you went into when you, you ventured out as, as an entrepreneur. What kind of product did you build? So I worked in a carpentry workshop, and whilst there, it, I realized I was beginning, it was very difficult to find wood. And so wood was getting more and more scarce. And so I fell in love with using metal. And by chance, I started a metal fabrication company that grew very quickly to become the market leaders in the industry. And so we work mostly with construction, um, the construction sector. Um, we work in the creative industry. We also have moved into industrial fabrication. So basically, any work in drawing that is submitted to us, we're able to fabricate. Um, and so anything, I will always say that we're builders of anything in metal, really. So you went, you went into metal fabrication, metal work, mm -hmm. right? What, what was it like? Hmm. Um, metal is actually very easy to work with once you heat it. Um, it lends itself to any shape, any form. Um, and so it's a very interesting medium to work with. And and as a result, we're able to, to design um, a wide array of products as well. So your products would include, let's say, balustrades, mm -hmm. um, gates, furniture. We do anything, just anything that you can imagine we do. Right. And how, how was that kind of business? When I entered the industry 20 years ago, the construction industry was just about booming. Um, there were a lot of clients who had disposable income and were building really nice homes. There were a lot of hotels and restaurants coming up and everybody was looking for something really nice. 
And the only artisans around at that time were what we call the roadside artisans. But here you are, you are at a meeting with engineers and architects, and they were looking for people who were articulate and also could understand and read working drawings. And these were... These were areas that the roadside um, artisans were unable to to do. And so it was very easy for me to break into a niche market um, and to do well. And so that's where you say education comes in. Um, you know, aside skills, you having to, to work at standards that industry requires. And I think that's what is the missing link. And that's why a lot of artisans are unable to break into the industry because there's that missing link. So you're saying that the space in the economic marketplace for for craft, for technical work, mm-hmm. for for artisans, but the missing link is that educational component that makes mm-hmm. that makes them able to bring it. I mean, interpret drawings, do stuff that would involve dealing with the high end of the market. Exactly. Working at global standards and what constitutes world-class manufacturing. And you're working with um, clients who are discerning. And so finish and standards are very, very important. And, you know, sadly, um, if I had had the opportunity, I should have gone to a technical school. I shouldn't have you know, just being tossed around the educational system because there was no space for for young people like myself. Um, The only education at that time was mainstream education, and that was it. Um, Of course, there were technical schools, but the sort of technical schools available, I don't think my parents would have wanted to send me there. Um, And so that's why, for me, it was important for me years later to set up DTI, the Design and Technology Institute, because that was for me as well, the missing link in education. So the thing that annoyed you, the thing that angered you, you responded by creating an alternative that would reflect how it should be taught. Exactly. Do you think we don't respect technical work enough in this country? We don't. We don't. And and it's our loss, I suspect. Um, And it's so funny. I mean, we're talking um, about post-COVID before... Um, pre-COVID before we came here that if you look at all the disruption to global supply chain that manufacturing forms the basis of industrialization if you look at China and India being um, global industry giants or or Germany or Japan, a lot of industrialized countries as a result of them having a huge manufacturing base now for Africa we are just about emerging into industrialization and we don't have any manufacturing base. And if we do have manufacturing sectors, we don't have the talent and the sort of skill sets um, that are required. And, and so there's a desperate need to relook at education as we know it. If you were the Minister of Education, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you would be or, or you would be <laughs> interested, but if... In my in, in the in, in the eye of my imagination, if you were Minister of Education, what would be the first change that you make? Um, I must say, um, technical education is very much on their agenda. But I always say that if you haven't worked in industry, you may mean well. But industry for me is not at the table um, enough. You know, so. Having worked in industry, there again, it also brings me to to speak that everything that I had to learn, I had to, I learned in industry. Um, because it's one thing learning from the textbook, 
And it's one thing designing a curriculum that, you know, if you haven't even worn an overall or you haven't picked up a tool, there will still be a lot of missing gaps. And so I always say that the curriculum should be industry-driven. Um, and where do we draw a fine line between um, educators who draft curriculum and, you know, the people who actually should be drafting what the input um, should be? So there again, you know, there's a goodwill, but there's still a lot of missing links. And I'm hoping that as the school grows and, you know, Ghana sees the quality of graduates that come out, you know, it will begin to change the narrative of the way we look at um, the sector. 26 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. This is Constance Swanika helping us to understand um, her thoughts about technical education, their thoughts about what we should do differently if we want to get the results that we are looking for. She's saying that the disruption to the global supply chain caused by, caused by COVID-19 is a reminder that we should have been doing something differently. You're saying that, would you see, would you see it, for instance, as, as an opportunity for us in that regard? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talked about what does the new normal look like. And right. Let's paint that picture for the benefit of our listeners. I mean, for many people, when they think about COVID, it looks like a, an animal, very wicked. Let's help them see the, what, what you may want to call the proverbial light at the end of the channel. What blessings do you see in COVID-19? I see, I see opportunities um, and I see a new thinking and a new light. Um, so... I, I like one. <laughs> my mother's a mother's a head teacher. My mother's a teacher. So exactly. let's let's do that. Let's do the teachers with opportunities in COVID. What, what what will be the number one? You know, I would come back um, home because I remember the first week I was looking for sanitizer and you couldn't find sanitizers anywhere. Immediately, our alcohol producing companies started producing sanitizers. Right. And then you were thinking before then, sanitizers were, you know, everything was imported. So, was it rocket science that COVID 19 had to expose, you know, um, how everything is imported into this country? And then, if you look at um, a few man um, companies that were into apparel manufacturing, are now producing PPEs. You know, so. For us as Ghanaians, you realize that are we, do we even believe enough in ourselves that we're capable of doing mundane things that, you know, do we have to import everything? And if you look at around us, I would say probably maybe 90% of the things we consume is all imported. Um, a few years ago, Nigeria had the political will to ban the importation of a lot of things. And that gave rise to a lot of um, industry locally. Well, now that the borders are shut, we don't have any choice. Right. So this is an opportunity for entrepreneurs and companies that are into manufacturing to, to look at, you know, the opportunities that this, this presents and take up that challenge and then, you know. But definitely for a country that this what does a new normal look like? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So you're saying that two things I hear you say, one of which is that immediately the opportunity, um, the, the, the COVID-19 broke out, you saw local companies mm -hmm. producing things that are otherwise were imported, like sanitizers and PPEs. You're saying that going forward, whereas 
previously would have required legislation to to ban things and then produce them locally. Now the borders are closed anyway, so exactly. it's like you don't really need to lobby anybody, go to any trade agreements, mm-hmm. the borders are closed. And how quickly Ghana Standards Board certified those products as well, you know, so it's how agile we are also, you know, um, the regulators also were. And so, you know, what would be interesting to sit back and what, you know, look at the learnings and um, how do we move ahead you know, from what has happened. And the, to the young boy who also produced the prototype, the water hand um, washing, you know. The number of variants around, actually. Exactly. Yeah. So immediately then you, you began to see, oh, Ghanaians then understood what innovation was. But prior to that, nobody would have paid attention to this young boy. But, you know, you wake up almost overnight, everything was not the same anymore. Right. Let's go to DTI. I mean, for you, I mean, somebody who's been in metal work, fabrication and so on, seeing things that have been done, crafted with metals, getting attention on Facebook, literally every single day there's one discovery, one innovation or another. How does it make you feel? How do I? How does it make you feel? Um, hmm. You know, a few years ago when I, you know, and for a creative, at 3 a.m., that's when those ideas come to you. If you speak to uh, anybody who's a creative, they'll tell you that that's when the dreams come to you. And I saw this in a vision. Um, a lot of people thought I was crazy when I said oh, I was going to build a design school. You know, they looked at me, oh, she's, there she goes again, dreaming again. But it was something that I saw in a vision. And so... At 3 a.m.? Yes, at 3 a.m. And when I saw that, I actually took time and I traveled around Europe and I visited almost the top design schools in, in Europe and the US. And when I came back, I was desperately sad because these were institutions that were a minimum 100 years old. And I came back and I said, this is what Africa needs. You know, if they had schools like this years ago, why, can't, why don't we have a design school? Why don't we have a design and technology school? And so I started off um, very small in the factory. Um, We opened up our factory space to students mostly from the universities and the polytechnics. So you have students coming in from engineering or architecture or industrial design, you know, just to allow them to just do things outside the box, things that the curriculum wouldn't allow them to do. And that's when we realized that there was so much talent that was suppressed. Um, Because when young people are allowed to explore that's when you see, you know, the rise of ideas. And um, it's okay. Just let them do crazy stuff. And that's where innovation begins to happen, you know. And so at the, at the university, I mean, at the school, we all, I, well, we always say that we do things in the reverse. There's no order, but there's an order to the madness mm. around us. Um, talent should not be suppressed. It should be harnessed. And so basically that's the mantra which we believe in. You know, I have a very fertile imagination. When you describe a school where there's no order and there is some order in the madness, and, and <laughs> I feel like I'm in there myself to my school again. But So describe what you mean by an order in the madness. What, what do they do differently on, on, on your campus? So you said something very profound. What do we do different? For us, difference all begins with a change of mindset. Right. And... That's where it all begins. And so the three programs that we have is the challenge program. Um, So we have the challenge program, the innovation lab, 
and the Solutions Program. I always say that when you look at babies, babies come out and they're not, they're not influenced by anything. So when we begin to work on the minds of our young people and you come in with certain set biases, what we tell you is I leave that outside. Come as innocent as you are because creativity is all birthed when there's innocence. Um, but once you are influenced by things around you, you don't begin to see how simple things are. And innovation is actually simplicity. Mm. You know, it's when you begin to take the blinkers off that you see actually what you're supposed to see. And what we also realize with a lot of um, people, when you're so set in your ways, I always, I would go back to the roadside artisans again. Somebody gives you an order and you're producing a chair. There's a reason why the chair has to have four legs precisely measured. But you do a chair for you, one wobbles and you tell you, there's a reason why it has to be said. You know, so these are sort of things that we talk about. So it's a very holistic program. When you begin to work on the mind and then you begin to teach skills, that's when you begin to holistically groom a person and begin to you know, and as those hidden talents inside them. 25 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. If you just joined us along the line, this is Constance Swanica, the founder of the Design and Technology Institute, and then also the CEO of Accents and Arts, helping us to understand, understand what we should do differently, what we should be exploring. And she shared her thoughts about, about education, about creativity, about the... The order in the madness, that's the part I like, the order in the madness. And then a 3 a.m. vision to build a different kind of institution. Constance, I, I, I realized from your previous um, communication that the experience in the College of Arts, the setting influenced the quality of the design, the, the construction that you, you did for DTI. Tell us about that. I like to, to explore things about how what annoys you inspires you. What what you don't like becomes a catalyst or a springboard for doing what you like. So tell me about that College of Arts experience. Okay, so um, when I went to the College of Art tw uh, twenty years ago, um, first of all, if you got admission to the College of Art, that means that you were not smart enough to go into the social sciences or law or to do any of the other quote-unquote amazing subject so we were tagged straight away um, the College of Art was the oldest building on the campus um, it was actually a prefab structure that Kwame Nkrumah built and that's what still existed when I went to university um, 20 years ago um, we were segregated from everybody else. And I know that place very well. <laughs> oh, yes. yes, you do know the College of Art. And it looked like probably maybe a graveyard because you had all these sculptures and you had all these weird things around. And they did see us as not normal. Um, so I always say that when our mates were off, you know, to the main campus, we were just sitting under trees drawing or doing our assignments. Um, and so, and you know, you could also see that we didn't have a lot of resources. And so I would say that even back then, educators didn't see talent as having any value. Um, so when I, I set up the school, for me, it was very important that we celebrate creativity and 
creativity should be given the same value as everything else. In fact, creativity should top everything that we do because creativity forms the basis of education for me, pretty much. Creativity forms the basis of education. I'm going to tell you my JFM story. When I come back, I'm going to actually open the phone lines and then I'm going to ask you to call in. And I, I would have given you my usual summary, but the answers to the questions I ask will be in the summary. So I would hold my, my regular summary for now. I'm going to tell you my, my, my JFM story, how, how we ended up here on JFM. And then after that, the number to call. Matthew, just open those phone lines and wherever I'll call, let's just get your number because they just could be winners right away. Ketsy of UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, Diggy Bank. Let's go. Jimmy, take your speed, your, 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 move your chair next to me here. Let's, let's do some action right away. So here's the deal. When I tell you my springboard story and I finish, I'm going to open the phone lines. The number to call 244 or zero three zero two two one six five four one. You can start calling right now, and if you get three questions correct, Miles Hagan from UMB, who is the resident springboarder today, will send five hundred Ghana CDs onto your phone just like that for listening to Constance and for being on Springboard. Wow, what an experience! Just like that, and then we will send you in addition an inspirational audio just to enjoy as as part of our wow moment. We are extending the convocation that didn't come on Kessy of COVID. We are extending it for three months, just having fun while we learn, and that's all part of the experience. So that we call this a digital convocation. Constance would have spoken at the convocation on on entrepreneurship, so we've brought it right live on air, so many more can participate so how did i end up here on joy fm all right so louisa here's a story in december of 2007 or so israeli requested me to bring my son jojo who was then 12 years old to join other children to do a show for then president kufua who was celebrating his birthday i think his birthday is the 8th of december or something like that so 8th of december yes so i came with with, with jojo and of course i was in the in the reception waiting for him while he did the program with other children while waiting to do the show i found out that the sports crew did not show up for some reason i think it was a holiday or something something like that so but the sports crew didn't come so <laughs> israel was hot he didn't know how to get sports onto the show and so i i, I said to him oh sports i can do it easily so i went on the my favorite sports websites and then just collated a couple of headlines and, and a, a couple of interesting stories and then here was I behind the console presenting sports for the first time in my life and when I was done, Kofius, who was then the program director, who was listening called and said, ah, is that not Reverend <laughs> is that not Albert Okran <laughs> the entrepreneur, what's he doing here what's he doing here, doing sports on JFM so a, a discussion began and Katie here heard about it and we had just begun doing the springboard ratio that January of 2007 so, as you see, one thing led to another. And then on Monday, the 4th of August, 2008, Comfort and I hosted our first springboard show right here on the premises of Joy 99.7. It was at 8 p.m. And then our producer at the time was Kofi Ansan, a.k.a. Putin. And from then onwards, we moved the next show to Sunday 7 p.m. and as I say the rest is history. Congratulations to Joy FM for the experience and the opportunity to touch so many lives and we celebrate Joy at 25 as we join the rest of the world to say a big big congratulations to the multimedia family. So the phone lines are open now. Let's find out who wants that prize. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Hello, 
Good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Rubian Kudi. I'm calling from Dansuman's next flat. You're giving me the location and everything. Don't worry. The, the, the 500 will come to you without you, t- you telling me where your house is. <laughs> <laughs> the name again, please. My name is Ruby Ankude. Ruby Ankude. Okay, Ruby, are you ready for me? Yes, yeah, so I want to try. <laughs> you want to try? I'll ask you the simplest questions so that you, you get it. I want to really, really give you 500 Ghana cities. Miles, Miles, step wow. into the studio. We really want to give Ruby some... some but Miles, you see, Miles is a very kind person. He says, even wow. if you get one question correct, he'll give you something. All, All right. right. So the vision for starting DTI, what time did Constance get that vision? Um, the, the vision was when he, um, she finished the investing. Time, time, time. The, the time... Oh, not really. Ruby. Yes, sir. All right. All right. So, Ruby, you didn't get the first question, so I can't continue. So, oh, my God. All right. All right. Let me give you one more question. Let me give okay. you one more question. What okay. subject did Constance struggle with in school? Mathematics. All right, I'll give it to you. She said maths and sciences. I'll give it to you. I'm, I really want to help you, but you must help me too. All right, so yes. what, what, what did Constance say was the unexpected catalyst for technology development in this particular era? Um, when um, she, she was traveling in school with other subjects. All right, Ruby, you know what? And Miles says that Miles is in a very good mood. I mean, he's having so much fun here. I don't know why he is enjoying himself more than me. Miles says that for everyone who calls and gets one question correct, I, I should give them a hundred Ghana CDs as consolation. Yeah. Chale- <laughs> <laughs> it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Chale, it's better than nothing. So, so hold up, my producer. They will give you a consolation prize of a hundred Ghana CDs, but I want to give somebody five hundred Ghana CDs tonight. So they'll take your details and then they will send I'll you. Keep on trying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So you can keep on trying, but the number to call is 030 221 or 0244-340-437. And please don't let me take my 500 Ghana CDs away. I have two such prizes to give away. Constant, you must get it right, though, unless you are not listening. All right, do you have another call on the line? 030 Zero two four four three four zero four three seven. That's the number to call. But actually, Miles, these questions they should be getting them. We've got me the thing. I was writing it down. I'm sure if I was participating, I'll be I'll be getting thousand. I'll get both. All right. So that's the number to call. Constance, the story of your life is one that we really really celebrate here at Springboard, and the reason is very simple. A country that celebrates achievement reproduces more achievers. And so the reason why we, we're excited about what we are doing is that we are telling ourselves if we are 20 constant Swanikas, imagine how Ghana will be sweet. So we, our prayer is that somebody listening tonight will not just enjoy the story, but be inspired to also step out and do something unusual and then build something great for God and country. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Fiona, I'm calling from Achimota. Please mention the name again. Fiona, calling from Achimota. Fiona from Achimota. 
Fiona, I am your a big fan of yours. So let's see how well you can answer my three questions and carry away five hundred Ghana CDs. Question number one: What were Constance's favorite subjects? There were two of them. Mention just one of them. Um, geography, geography, and um, and geography and. Um, I, I said mention one. You want to mention the second one and get it wrong. <laughs> Constance okay, left school and went to work in a carpentry shop. What was the name of the shop? Oh, my goodness. Um, the shop wasn't called Oh, my goodness. Um. <laughs> How is it doing? How is it doing, Fiona? <laughs> I'm so good. <laughs> Can I get the next question? All right, I'll give you the next question. Why not? So, the first company Constance set up, what were they producing? Um, um, metals or something like that. Uh, we are doing some metals, something like that. Oh my goodness. They went to metals and oh my goodness. Oh my goodness is a very big answer for you. <laughs> Fiona. It definitely went into, into metal works. Okay, Fiona. Fiona, you know what? Miles, Miles is in such a good mood. Miles is just I B S in Charlie Chile working a little more. All right. So you know what? Miles has given me the go ahead to give you the first price of five hundred Ghana CDs. Charlie, oh my goodness, you see, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so we have moved from oh my goodness to oh my God. Okay, so Fiona, please hold on. <laughs> Priscilla and the team will have taken your... Hello, thank you very much. It's Fiona's birthday. Her birthday was first May. Oh, Fiona, it's her birthday. Okay, so we are all happy for you in the studio. Okay, you know what? That's the reason why we give you the prize. First May was her birthday, so just because, because it was her birthday, we've given you... We've given you the prize for, for getting two of the questions correct because we just couldn't have taken it away from you. So, Fiona, you are the first winner of our 500 Ghana CDs courtesy of UMB. And your roommate is shouting more than you. Okay, that's Fiona's mother. Fiona is here. Fiona shouts. So, Fiona's mother, Fiona's roommate, and all of you are shouting. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Fiona, your deta- we have your details here with us. We will call you right after the show and send you 500 Ghana CDs and also an inspirational tip to listen to. How do you feel? I don't know. <laughs> Excited. I don't know. Like we share, we share in your joy. So we will move on to the next caller. Thank you very much, Fiona. Thank you. All right, Fiona is making the thing Charlie so exciting. All right, so the number to call zero three zero two two one six five four one zero three zero two two one six five four one and zero two four four three four zero four three seven. Constance Swanika is our guest for tonight. We just want to, to to make people happy in the UMB bank, UMB bank speed up moment. And so I have one more slot to give out. And I really, really hope the next caller will get it correct so that I can give it out. But while she gets ready, let me remind you that if you're a springboard alumnus, there's a big, big reason why you must join us this Thursday for our alumni hangout. 
Our alumni Hangout webinar is a big, big, big show. And what we are doing on Thursday is that we are gathering our Springboard alumni. There's so many of you all over the world. Join us by the power of technology on Thursday at 7 p.m. If you've ever attended a road show, you are a regular on the radio show, you've been at any of our mentoring programs, the aim is to equip you with the tools to stay far ahead of the curve. So it's very, very simple. Join us on our webinar on Thursday. Check out our various Facebook pages for the details and then join us with the link that will be provided and we'll be listening to how to make quality financial decisions. And our speaker is the Reverend Daniel Ugbami, the Director General of the of the Security and Exchange Commission. He'll be helping us to appreciate how to make quality financial decisions. And that's on Thursday at 7 p.m. Do you have a caller? Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. The ladies are ruling, reigning, and dominating today. What's your name, ma'am? Hello. Your name, please. My name is Christy Lazo. Did you say Christy? Yes. All right, Christy, help me to give you 500 Ghana CDs from UMB Bank. Are you ready for me? Yes, I am. All right, question number one. At what time did Constance get the vision? At what time of night did Constance get the vision of starting DTI? Um, when she was, um, she was working with Art Deco and realized that I think she was very what time? What time of time. night did she get the vision? What time? Time. You too. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Come on. What time? What, why aren't you listening? Time. I was listening with rapt attention and writing down the notes. Yes, what time? Are. What time did she hmm. get the vision? Meaning dates? Oh. What time in the night? Time. In the night? Yes. Oh, okay. I feel like Around you know, 3 a.m.? It was 3 a.m. Uh-huh. You're not talking. Uh-huh. I thought you said like date or something. No, what time? Okay, what time? okay. Thank you. All right, so Please, that's your yes. question number one. So, okay. Constance Swanica. All right, let me see. Let me give you an easy one so that if Constance was Minister of Education, what change would she make into the way things are done? Um. spoke about um, having in the university the way they looked at things, especially in the course that she did. Uh, and, and what college was she in? She was in the um, College of um, Arts in the KNUSD. It was the College of Arts. I'll give that one to you. Okay. And then the final, final, final sentence. Describe the DTI, the learning at DTI. What did she say about the way the learning at DTI is? Just give me something that she said about DTI and the way they learn there. DTI? DTI, um, her, she, her institution. Yes, how did she describe the learning that is done there? How did she describe it? How did she describe it? Um, she spoke about it being quite different from the normal vocational training institutes and uh, <laughs> you know what? If Mouse were a head, a headmaster, Mouse Charlie, you you dashing the mouse. <laughs> it was different. She said it was different. It was unique, and there was some there was some some art. Yes, some, it's, some... it's not like the normal NVTIs we have in Ghana. I mean, there's a little touch to it, but I didn't really. It was uh... the madness. The madness. <laughs>
All right, so I'll give it to you. So, <laughs> Christine will give you a 500 Ghana CDs from UMB Bank for, for being thank able to you. answer your questions. So, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you are our second winner in the UMB Speed Up moment. And those who are shouting, are, are those your children? No, my husband and my babies are crying. <laughs> your husband and your children are crying. No, my baby, when my husband shouted, she, he started crying. But oh. he was sleeping. Yeah. Your husband would maybe have by shouting. All right, so so Christy, you get to win 500 Ghana CDs from UMB Bank, and that is okay. your, your reward for today for participating. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so that does it for for the UMB Speed Up moment. And I tell you something, I just enjoy seeing people win and people getting prizes. And if I had my way, I'll be doing this every day, just giving people prizes. But Constance. I'm sure you also enjoyed people telling about your story. Even though they didn't get the questions, like, ah, but actually the three and five, they shouldn't have gotten it wrong. <laughs> Why weren't they getting it? Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> right. So let's go over to Jojo for the Game Changer segment very quickly. And when we come back, Constance will give us a closing thoughts. I've learned a lot from you, Constance, tonight. But Jojo, what's the Game Changer for tonight? What happens to a dream deferred? Well, if you're Kimberly Douglas, you simply pursue it in a unique way. Kimberly dreamt of being a model. After unsuccessfully applying to 15 agencies, she tried to work with professional photographers, but it proved costly. She needed a different way to pursue her dreams. Drawing inspiration from art, Pinterest, magazines, and a million other things, Kimberly decided to stage photo shoots at home. She was a one-woman army handling makeup, styling, set design, modeling, and even photography. She started sharing the photos on Instagram. But in an unconventional move, she revealed the process, the behind the scenes, behind her intricate set designs, which could sometimes take over 12 hours to create. This week, our game changer is transparency. People were inspired by the way Kimberly elevated everyday objects into art, and within a year, her Instagram accounts grew from 9,000 followers to over 200,000. Transparency can also transform businesses, with 94% of customers sharing that they would be loyal to a transparent brand. Wondering why? Transparency breeds trust, and that is the core of a great customer relationship. So how do we make our businesses more transparent? Step one, start at home. Be transparent and open with your employees first. Step two, be consistent. Make transparency a culture, not a phase. And step three, take clients behind the curtain. Be honest about your product. Where does it excel? What are its limitations? And avoid hidden fees like a plague. U.S. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand put it best. When you open the door towards transparency, a lot of people will follow you through. This week, let's consider how we can use transparency to build the ultimate currency, trust. This has been the Game Changer with Jojo Okren. Have a phenomenal week. That's our wish for you, a phenomenal week. Let me give you a minute to Miles and then my boss and then Constance will take us. So, Miles, a minute for you from, from, from the team UMB. I hope you've enjoyed the experience. Yes, it's been awesome. And um, I always say whenever we get this chance, we are very excited. It gives us a, the best way to make our brand visible and to let customers know that we care about them. Even in these times, we are here for them. So they should visit any UMB branch, come 
if uh, you want to also go fully digital, adopt our speed up, use the services, and you'll be wowed by what is there. And there's a lot more coming up, so they should keep their eyes open to the very best from UMB. Thank you very much, Miles, and thanks to the team at UMB. Good evening to you, Ben Aminime, CEO, and thanks for making it possible for to put a smile on the faces of our, our, our listeners and our viewers. Comfort, what has been um, different for you today? You are the, the power behind all this. What has been different for you today? Oh, I guess coming back into the studio after um, COVID, you know, kind of hit us has been, has been good. Um, it's funny having a face mask and talking. But I think the most important thing is learning that creativity is, sim- is simplicity. And, I, and, and just trusting the, the, the process whereby it's not just the, the arts, it's not just the sciences that make the world work, but everybody has a role to play. Discovering that part of you and nurturing it would make um, some something great. So Constance, it's really great having you in the studio today. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then also, let me see that um, our winners for today, Fiona won 500 Ghana CDs. Crystalla won 500 Ghana CDs. And Ruby, for just calling and making the attempt, won 100 Ghana CDs from UMB Bank. So you'll be getting your money in the next 10 minutes. Let me, as I sign out, remember the scholarship scheme in a minute. So what's the scholarship and how can people apply? Where can they find the details? Just tell us where to find the details. Um, just going on to our website, dtiafrica.com. dtiafrica.com. Africa.com. And there's a scholarship. Who qualifies? Um... Well, anybody who has a good um, GSS or SSS uh, results, um, ages 16 to 27. Um, and of course, we celebrate creativity. So even if you don't cut out, um, make the cutout point, and you can display um, top talent, you would, we would also consider uh, taking you. That's the place you go, dtiafrica.com. Yes. Go there right now, and you will find yourself in that campus that just just entering the place alone will inspire you and bring out the best in you. This has been Springboard, a virtual university. Beyond the lockdown with MFR Power, it's already underway. The topic today is big, education, disrupted severely by COVID. What is the way out? Let's join them on all the other multimedia platforms. So we come away again next week. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of my boss, Comfort, along with Matthew Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, Juju, uh, David and Miles, we want to say God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Next week, for the MTN Pulse Wow Moment, you are giving out two brand new smartphones and airtime on each of them. Please, your cousins who have never listened to Springboard before, eh, let them tune in. Good night.